Global family, welcome to today's online platform. I am excited to be with you by way of video. Hey, can you do me a favor right where you are, in the living room, your office, your car, wherever you're watching this, hey, do me a favor, join me. Let's celebrate God with a hand clap of praise. The reason why we do this is that if we can go to a baseball game, maybe attend a football game, and I know you're missing baseball and football, but if we can celebrate those who are playing on the field, we can celebrate our God in heaven. So that's why we do this. We celebrate God with a hand clap of praise because he's worthy to be praised. Right before we get into our message today, I want to celebrate our worship leader, Crystal Holmes. She is doing a magnificent job in leading us in worship. So Crystal, we want to celebrate you, the gift that you are to the body of Christ your labor of love and the work that you have put in to help us in this area of worship. So today we celebrate you. And then a few other announcements right before we get into the word. Hey, listen, we have a few platforms that we're about to launch. Don't miss it. The Blended Family Platform led by Minister Marcus Holmes. We launched that this past Friday. Hey, tune in, like, share, make a comment. And then we have our young adult platform led by none other than this Sakina Cooper. Most of you know about Kiki. Yes, the girl Kiki will be leading our young adult platform. We look forward to seeing how God will use her. And then lastly, our marriage platform led by Christine and Jackie Battle. We're so grateful for the battles. They bring a wealth of knowledge. But most of all, they have the character of God displayed in their marriage. So we ask that you would be ready, tune in, like, share, and comment. So would you join me in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. For your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our pathway. So we pray today that you would forgive us of our sins, create within us a clean and pure heart, Renew within us a right spirit. Illuminate our minds to see what you have revealed in your word. And then we ask that the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter and our guide, will continue to convict us, but also encourage us according to your will. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, join me. Judges chapter 3. In Judges chapter 3, we want to look at a few verses as our assignment for today. And we want to continue in our summer series of living above mediocrity. That as believers, we understand that God has created us for greatness. And there is a price for greatness that you can't just wake up and be great. You can't wake up and soar like the eagle that you have to put in work to be great. We also talked about this idea of living beyond status quo, that we don't want to be like the majority, but God has called us out, but he's called us up as it relates to our walk in our relationship with him. So we want to continue to encourage you. Listen, you can live above mediocrity. 
that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And although it's hard right now and we're going through this tough season and maybe you have been laid off, despite all of that, God still has a plan and a purpose for your life. And you can rejoice in God's plan and God's purposes despite tough times, despite a layoff. Despite a broken marriage, despite a broken home, despite fractured relationships, despite you're going backwards and God is still bringing you forward, you can still live in this space of what I call living above the eyes. So we thank God for that. But in Judges chapter 2, let's back up to chapter 2, verse 20. Our writer says this, Judges chapter 2, verse 20. So the anger of the Lord burned against Israel. And he said, because this nation has transgressed my commandment, which I've commanded their fathers and has not listened to my voice. I also will no longer drive out before them any of the nations which Joshua left when he died in order to test Israel by them. That's the key word. Highlight, underline, to test Israel by them, whether they will keep the way of the Lord to walk in it as their fathers did or not. So the Lord allowed those nations to remain, not drive them out quickly. Now notice, eventually they were driven out. But the text says in verse 23, not quickly. And he did not drive them out into the hands of Joshua. Now look at Joshua. He's God's man for the hour. And we're going to find out that Joshua dies. And what happens to the children of Israel after the death of Joshua? So here we go. Judges chapter 3, verse 1. Now these are the nations which the Lord left to test Israel by them. Don't miss that. Here we go. Chapter 2, verse 22, to test Israel. Chapter 3, verse 1, to test Israel by them. That is, all who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. Only in order that the generations of the sons of Israel might be taught war. Those who had not experienced it formerly. These nations are the five lords of the Philistines and all the Canaanites and the Sidonians and the Hivites and all who lived in Mount Hermon, Mount Baal Hermon, as far as Lebo Hemeth. And then we get to verse four. Here it is again. We've seen it twice already. Verse four. They were for testing Israel to find out if they would obey the commandments of the Lord which he had commanded their fathers through Moses three times in about six to seven verses, we see this phrase to test Israel. That's what we want to talk about today. Standing tall when tested. Hey, listen, you will be tested, but can you stand tall even when you are being tested? As we get into the book of Judges, a few things happen. Moses, God's greatest prophet in the Old Testament, is now dead. Moses did not enter the promised land. He was only to go up to Mount Nebo, look over into the promised land. He could see the promised land. He saw the vision that God gave to him as the leader of Israel. 
But because of his disobedience, his anger, when God told him to speak to the rock, Moses struck the rock. And that was part of the disobedient process that disallowed Moses to enter the promised land. Now get this, Moses is considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest Old Testament prophet. Why? He led the children of Israel out of slavery, out of bondage in Egypt. He was the central figure in Exodus and Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. He was the one that God spoke to face to face. Listen to me today. There are not many people in the Bible that's recorded who spoke face to face with God like Moses. He was the one to stand up to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, God said to let his people go. He spoke with God's authority and then he taught Israel what God desired. And out of all the prophets, it was Moses who regularly met with God face to face, but he's dead. He's off the scene. But then we get to judges and guess who else is off the scene? Caleb, who had a different spirit. There was something different about Caleb that when the 10 spies didn't want to go in, Caleb said, listen, we can eat them up. We can take the land. We can go in and defeat the giants. Caleb is gone. But then God's general, Joshua, is no longer on the scene. When we get to the book of Judges, Joshua is around 110 years old. And Joshua had one of the toughest assignments. He had the assignment to follow the greatest prophet in the Old Testament. Listen to me today. If you are in a leadership position, it's hard to follow another great leader because people will evaluate you based off of their evaluation of their predecessor. But here's Joshua. He steps up. He grabs hold of the mantle and he becomes Israel's leader, but also their general. He was the one to lead Israel in adversity hand-to-hand -hand combat. I love that about him. But then he was a man of integrity that Joshua fully followed the Lord. Hey, he was one man who didn't turn to the left nor to the right, but he was all in. And that's a nugget for us today. Can you be all in during times of testing? Can you stand tall even through adverse situations, adverse circumstance? That's Joshua. He stood through adversity, a man of integrity, but he was also a man of faith. If God wanted something done, he can count on Joshua because he knew Joshua would take care of business, no questions asked. So Joshua is dead. And here in the book of Judges, something happens. Israel failed miserably. All their leaders are gone. There's nobody to stand up to lead Israel. And Israel, according to the book of Joshua, the nation turns to doing evil in the sight of the Lord. And this is where we pick up in Joshua chapter 3. So here they are. If you backtrack, backtrack with me. Let's, let's do a little Bible study. Joshua chapter 2 verse 7. Joshua chapter 2 verse 7. Says the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. And all the days of the elders who survived Joshua. Who had seen all the great work of the Lord. Which he had done for Israel. 
that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110, and they buried him in the territory of his inheritance. But look at verse 10. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord, nor yet the work which he had done for Israel. Verse 11. Then the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they served the Baals, and they forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them. And they bowed themselves down to them. Thus they provoked the Lord to anger. Can you see how they failed misery, uh, miserably? Because there was no secession plan after Joshua. There was no leader in place that Israel intermingled with the six nations that surrounded them. That God told them to go in and destroy everything. They didn't destroy all the nations. They left some nations. Not only did God tell them to drive out and destroy all the nations, he said, don't you intermarry their women. Not because of some racial, ethnic undertone, simply because those women would turn the hearts of Israel to serve the Baals, to serve the false gods. And that is what happened in Joshua chapter 1 and chapter 2. So we get to chapter three and God makes a decision to test Israel. It's right there. Chapter two, verse 22, to test Israel. Chapter three, verse one, to test Israel. Chapter three, verse four, to test Israel. Now this testing period was twofold. Here's the first one. God wanted to test Israel to see if they would keep the way of the Lord, to walk in the way of the Lord as their fathers did. God wanted to test them to see, listen, would you walk according to my word and according to my statues like your fathers did, like your great-grandfathers did and your great-great-grandfathers did? Will you walk according to my word? So I'm going to leave these six nations right here to test you to see if you would walk according to my word. Here's the second twofold reason why God tested them. He wanted to test Israel in the art of war. That this generation was not like the former generation. They hadn't experienced war. So God said, listen, not only am I going to test you to see if you would walk according to my voice, my statutes, and my commandments, I'm going to test you because I need to prepare you for war. So it was all a part of God's sovereign plan to leave them right there in the land of Canaan, to allow those six or seven nations to be right there and God will punish as well as teach Israel. I know we don't like to say this. There are times when God wants to teach us, but then there are times when God wants to discipline us. It's testing time, teaching, and it's discipline time. And there are times as a good father that God would discipline us why? Because he wants us to walk according to his 
word and according to his will and according to his statutes, according to his voice, God will discipline us as a good father so that he can turn us back into the right direction. So God wanted to discipline Israel because of their sinfulness. And then he wanted to teach as well as aid them in the art of war. So again, he left the six or seven nations right there. They surrounded Israel. Israel had to muster enough courage, had to walk in faithfulness to God, so God would develop the ability in them to fight. Oh, come here today. You are in a testing period. And God is saying, stand tall during this testing period. I am creating within you the ability to fight. Jesus died not only for your salvation. He died not only to give you access into heaven, but he died to give you the ability to fight. Today, I want to tell somebody, stand tall and fight. Sometimes you got to fight for your marriage. You got to fight for your children. You got to fight for your faith. You have to fight for your finances. You have to fight for your God-given destiny. God is not just going to throw it out and say, there it is, walk into it. You have to fight for it. And God is going to teach them the art of war through fighting. So here's something that I want you to hear today. God will allow some things to remain in our path or come into our lives to test us. I hear you today. Pastor, I've been praying for God to remove this issue. Could it be that God is saying, I'm not going to remove you because this is your testing ground. This is the place where I want to test you to give you the ability to stand tall and to fight to give you the ability to stand tall in your faith and believe that I can do anything but fail. So God has to refine our faith. So here we go. Two points. Two points I want to press to you here today. Here's the first one. God will test our obedience to his word and to his voice. Let me say that again. God will test our obedience to his word and to his voice. Chapter 3. Here we go. Verse 4. They were for testing Israel to find out if they would obey the commandments of the Lord. Stop right there. Did you see that? They were to test Israel to find out if they would obey the commandments of the Lord, which he had commanded their fathers through Moses. God is allowing the testing to provide an opportunity for Israel to prove themselves before God. And God would allow you to be tested even in this season to prove yourself before him. Here's what I mean. If you watch the text, there's a couple of things that we can notice about the nation of Israel. Here's a couple of things. Israel, according to Judges chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, they were alone and uncertain. That Moses died, Joshua was dead, Caleb was no longer among the number. They were all dead, and Israel was alone, and they were uncertain, so much so that they felt like God had abandoned them. So we see they're alone and uncertain. Here's the second thing. They were inexperienced and vulnerable. We 
We find that in Judges chapter 2, verse 10, that they didn't see all the mighty acts that their grandfathers and great-grandfathers saw. They didn't see God open up the Red Sea. They didn't see God provide manna and quail. They didn't see God with the ten plagues. They didn't see God open the Jordan River. They didn't see God allow the Jericho wall to fall. So they were inexperienced and they were vulnerable. Are you with me today? Maybe you are alone, so you think uncertain. Maybe you are inexperienced in what God is calling you to or through, and maybe you feel vulnerable. But I want to drop this in on you today. You can be alone, so you think uncertain, inexperienced, or vulnerable, and God is still with you. You just have to stand tall in your faith. Don't you abandon the word of God because it's hard. Don't turn to the right. Don't you dare turn to the left. Don't you do things that you've never done before. You stay with God's way and watch God bless you. And when I say blessing you, I'm not talking about money, cars, cars, cash, clothes, commodities. I'm not talking about that. It could be great help. It could be wisdom. It could be more grace, more mercy. God will load you up with so much grace that in the testing period, I'm getting excited today, that God will load you up with so much grace even in the testing period that you don't understand how the grace is carrying you through, how God's mercy is keeping you, how God is giving you strength even when all of your strength seems like it's gone. So the Israelites, they're vulnerable, they're uncertain, they're inexperienced, they're alone. And here's the next thing I noticed. They're surrounded and outnumbered. I just read that to you in Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Six, seven nations. They have now surrounded the Israelites. The Israelites are outnumbered. And even in that, God says, I'm going to test you. Here's why I'm going to test your commitment to my word, your commitment to my voice, I want to refine you. And could it be today that God is testing you to refine you? He wants to refine you. That took me back to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. The writer Peter says this, so that the testing of your faith being much more precious than gold, Though gold perishes, your faith will be tested by fire. And when your faith is tested by fire, your faith may be found to the result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So here's what Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 7. He says this, that even when we face moments of distress, even when we grieve and there's hardship, God is testing our faith through trials to produce a greater amount of faith within us. He's refining us. He's refining us like gold. And thank God that even in this season of life, some of you are watching, he's refining you. That the testing period 
is to purify or to prove your faith. God is purifying your faith. Quit getting upset with God because he's putting you on proving ground and he's urging you to stand up and he's purifying your faith. Start celebrating God for the purification process. Start celebrating God that he chose you to be placed in a fire so that your faith may come forth as pure gold. So even when trials come, you can make the decision or the choice to continue trusting God even in the midst of your trial. Why? Because God has proven himself to be trustworthy, but he's also proven himself to be faithful. He will provide. And as your faith grows stronger, God will continue to provide. So again, Verse 4, chapter 3 of Judges. God is testing them to see if they would obey his word and his voice. What is God telling you to do today by way of his voice? What has God continued to press upon you that you've been disobedient and you had walked out to do what he's called you to do? What is it? You need to figure out whatever it is and come hell to high water, you will be about God's business because you know God is calling you to step out in faith or to turn from some wicked ways or to do some things according to his word so that he can bless you. What is it? See, when God tests us, what he's doing is he's revealing what's in our hearts. And this is one of the things that's happening to the nation of Israel. God is basically showing them themselves. It's almost like God is taking a mirror and he's putting it up in front of them. And he's saying, I'm testing you. But look at yourself while I'm testing you. Look at how you're speaking. Look at how you think. Look at the ways you're acting. Look at how you're treating people. Look at the ways that you don't love people. It's testing time. And God will test us to simply reveal what's in our heart. And we can see clearly what was in Israel's heart. To serve males, to serve Astaroth, to serve these gods of fertility, to intermarry with those who God said, don't marry. So what's in your heart this morning? But here's the second thing that we notice. That God tested their faith according to his word and in his voice. But I love this. God tested them to prepare them for upcoming spiritual battles. Now, in the text, they were having a, a, a national battle, right? They were battling human people. They were battling earthly people. I mean, they were in war against foes. Hear me today. You have a foe that you're battling against. His name is Satan. And many times God will test you to equip you for future battles. And when God tests you, he's equipping you. He's bringing you forth as pure gold so that you may stand the test. And we have to recognize, I'm not fighting against my brother on my left. I'm not fighting against the brother on my right. 
Ephesians 6 and 10 lets me know that there are spiritual battles that are happening in heavenly places. I can't see them, but I know they're happening. I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood. So when things come up against me, could it be that it is by the hand of Satan that he has demonic imps and demons assigned to attack me and I have to stand firm and trust God in this spiritual battle to know God is testing my faith and he's allowing the devil to hit my life but I can stand strong because my faith is strong. Ask Job. Job will tell you. I didn't know what God was doing but God took his head of protection from around and it was not God punishing me it was Satan attacking me. And you can be just like Job, and you can experience spiritual attack. So here's what I want to say. Listen, if your faith is weak today, it's obvious what needs to happen. You need to grow in your faith. And God will not allow your life to be Because he understands there is no growth. Can I say this to you? He already knows how you will respond. He's not testing you to see. He's testing you so you can see how you respond. Many times we don't even know how we're going to respond to a situation unless we are in the test. And the problem is we can't pass the test because we hadn't learned from the last test. I remember uh, Spanish 1 and 2 in high school. Let me tell you right now, don't stone me. Um, uh, I was not a man of integrity fully my junior CPU. Don't stone me. I see you picking up the rocks. Put them down right now. So here's what I did my junior year. Uh, I half-heartedly studied for the Spanish exams. The teacher gave out all the information. Yeah, 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 poquito. All right, tranquilo. I'm picking up little words. And what I would do during testing time is there was a young lady who sat next to me fluent in Spanish. And then another good friend by the name of Travis Crabtree. Oh, I love Travis. I would say, Travis, I'm going to tap your foot. And when I tap your foot, you tap the table. Travis, no, 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 I will not cheat. I will lean over, Travis. And what I would do is, I would look at the answers. And there were times he protected the answers. So I just said, A, B, C, D, A, S, E, all of the above. And you know what happened? I barely made it through Spanish. Why? Because I didn't prepare. Everything came. I failed because I was not prepared. Come here this morning. God could be testing to prepare you for your next spiritual Will you be ready for that battle? So God says this. I'm going to test you to see what's in your To see if you'll be obedient to my voice. Obedient to my voice. I'm going to test you to prepare Here's my encouragement. We have a Savior who died on the cross. Who died to redeem you back to the Father. He paid the price that you could not pay, but you owed. He paid that debt off for you spiritually. And he died. And he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And he rose victoriously on the third day to give you not only power, but to give you the strength that you need to grow up in your faith that during testing time, you can come forth as spirit of God. 
So I stumbled up upon this, this story I read. And I want to share it with you as we close. And it's called The Root of Success. There was once a tree that produced an abundant supply of fruit. Everyone marveled at the ability of the tree to produce a record harvest each year. And the owner who sold the fruit from the tree was selling at the local market. And he became one of the wealthiest men in town as well as that country. And people started becoming envious of this man. However, the years passed by and the owner spent so much time counting and selling the fruit that he forgot to nourish the root. He just sold the fruit. He counted the revenue from the fruit, but he did not nourish the root. He became so prideful, so boastful that he lost focus and he lost focus on the results and he neglected to see the sign that this tree was dying. Then one day, the owner went to pick fruit from his tree. And he was shocked to discover that the tree was barren. How could this be, he asked himself. But when he inspected, inspected the root, he found the answer. The root had dried up. He was so focused on the fruit, he neglected the root. Hear me today. Don't neglect your root. Stop looking at your fruit and take care of the root. What is the root? Your intestine time. Be obedient to God's word. Your intestine time. Be obedient to God's voice. Your intestine time. Realize that God can be spiritual. Don't be like the people around you who follow other gods. Hey, as my grandma would say, pull your britches up. Hey, get ready for the war. Whatever God comes to you, stand tall. Stand up in faith. And watch God use you in extraordinary ways to expand his kingdom. And then God loves you and he desires a relationship with you. But sin separates you. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. That sin keeps you from experiencing the fulfilling life that God intends for you. That you are eternally separated from God. But I have good news. Jesus rescues you. Jesus offers you peace with God and relationship with him. Through faith in Jesus, you can experience God's love daily. So our question today is, will you trust Jesus by placing your faith in him as your savior? Would you pray with me? God, thank you for sending your son to die for my sins. I ask that you will forgive me of my sins. Today, I confess Jesus as my Savior. I place my faith in Him. Lord, I surrender my life to You. I ask that You, Lord, would be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that decision to trust Christ as Savior, please email us at info at globaloutreachcc.org. 
Thank you for listening to Your Life Matters to Christ podcast. Here at GOCC, we are growing and doing great things for Jesus. If you're looking for a way to support us or get plugged into what we're doing, visit globaloutreachcc.org. And remember, your life matters because it matters to Christ.